0: Hello and welcome to The Works, a podcast by GST Michigan Works, where we explore strategies to attract and retain the best talent Michigan has to offer. So, without further ado, here's your host, Jesse Billyou. Hi, and welcome back to The Works Podcast. I'm Jesse Billy with GST Michigan Works, and I cannot tell you how excited we are here at GST Michigan Works to see Michigan's economy starting to open back up and for our conversations to be centered around re-employment and getting folks back to work. Wanda Bigelow, our apprenticeship manager, had the opportunity to sit down with some industry leaders and talk in-depth about the skilled trades occupations that are available in our region and across the state. I hope you enjoy. I'm Wanda Bigelow with GST Michigan Works. Today I'm speaking with John Hartwell, the Career and Outreach Coordinator for Operating Engineers 324. Thanks so much for joining me, John.
1: Thank you for having me, Wanda.
0: All right. So I just wanted to um, start the conversation by um, finding out a little bit of what the operating engineers do.
1: So the operating engineers, um, we're pretty diverse. Local 324, we're a statewide organization, so we cover all of Michigan. Um, We are primarily uh, heavy equipment operators, cranes, bulldozers. Um, everything that you would find on a construction job. And we we cover everything from um, construction on the highways to the infrastructure, which is all of our underground pipe, cross-country pipelines, which could be natural gas, crude oil, things like that. We work on powerhouses. We, um, We work on the wind turbines auto plants. Um, There's 14,000 operating engineers in the state of Michigan. And in addition to our, um, our operators, we also have technicians, which are mechanics that keep all of our equipment up and running in the state of Michigan.
0: Wow. Wow. So what are the typical working conditions for somebody out on the job?
1: So they vary quite a bit. Um, I came through the apprenticeship program and I, I've been in the trade almost 30 years and And the conditions have changed a lot and the makeup of a job site has changed a lot. There's a a, a, a lot bigger safety culture out there than there was when I started. So it just depends on the job site that you're on. We could be working in some some dusty conditions, some dirty conditions, to some pretty clean jobs. It just depends on, on where you're at, and you know it uh, it depends on the job site itself. Um, we always say be prepared for everything, so we uh, we take all of the gear that okay. we can with us to the site. Uh,
0: awesome! And so you you started an apprenticeship program thirty years ago. How did you uh, enter into the union?
1: I started in the apprenticeship program. Um, so when I came in, I went through the same process that we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, filling out an application and, uh, and starting out as an apprentice on different job sites. And as an apprentice, um, when I started, um, i worked uh, i worked on some road work um, i actually worked on some powerhouses some steel mills some auto plants i started out as what they call a civil apprentice um, doing everything to do with dirt work and got looking around and decided i wanted to be a crane operator so that's the the route that i pursued and and built my way up through the years um, i spent uh, quite a few years in the field and then came to the training center as a as a an instructor instructor, uh, then apprentice coordinator, and now outreach and career uh, coordinator with the local.
0: Okay, great. So I want to jump in and talk a little bit. You did mention a few of the careers that you've had throughout your time in the union. Um, What are some of the career opportunities someone could potentially get if they entered into the union?
1: So it's pretty endless. It's pretty vast. You you know, um, I think that anybody that has enough work ethic and really enjoys what they're doing, um, they can go just about anywhere. You don't, you don't think about it when you're an apprentice. You just think about, uh, how fascinating the work is. To me, when I first started in the trade, I I couldn't believe that they were paying me to do this, to operate the heavy equipment, to get on a large excavator and load uh, trucks with gravel and dirt and and do my piece, or to be out on a large crane, um, putting up a steel structure with the iron workers, working with the other craftsmen on the job. And so, you, you can wind up anywhere. And the, the beautiful part of the trade is that we actually do, we build monuments. So my kids right now, they can tell you when we drive down the road which projects I've worked on because they're tired of hearing about it. But there's a lot of pride in the trade. There's a lot of pride in the crafts themselves to know that you built something. So, um, or demo. We do a lot of demolition work, too, like we're working on the Palace of Auburn Hills right now. Anytime you see that demolition piece, you know that's progress because we're going to build something else in its place. So it's just uh, it's an exciting industry to be in. Every day is different. Every day is a new challenge.
0: Okay, great. So when can somebody fill out an application to um, become an apprentice within the union?
1: We are actually doing applications this week. We started today. Um, we do an online application process. Um, so we can we can modify our online application process and do it at multiple times of the year. This year, we happen to be doing it in, in June. So June 8th through June 12th this year. You would go to oe324.org and uh, secure an application Along with that application, there's a few a few requirements that an, a candidate has to meet. They have to have a valid Michigan driver's license, be at least 17 years of age, and be a high school graduate or, or have a GED to enter the program.
0: Okay, and does that website give the required documents that are needed?
1: The OE324.org gives the required documents required. There is a third or or a fourth piece that's required and it's work keys test scores. So in the state of Michigan right now, because we're dealing with the COVID pandemic, um, it's been a little challenging to try and get your work keys testing. So we're actually kind of waiting on or uh, waiting on some decisions from uh, Michigan Works and maybe some of the community colleges. So. The application that you secure today or this week will remain open until um, we can start getting that workpiece testing done again.
0: Okay, perfect. So, uh, how long is an apprenticeship within the union?
1: So we have multiple. We have multiple apprenticeships. We have uh, uh, our heavy equipment operator program, which is a. Three-year, 6,000-hour program, but most of those 6,000 hours is what they call OJT, on-the-job training. Uh, An apprentice would come in, and they would make about 70% of what a journey person makes, and a journey person is... is somebody that has graduated from apprenticeship, and they possess all the knowledge that they're going to pass on to the apprentices. Every thousand hours you're in the program, you would receive a ten percent increase in pay, so that uh, so that you start incrementally making more money, provided you do your training. So we have three training facilities. We have a training facility in Howell, where I'm at today, which is our largest facility. We have a training facility in Detroit, and we have a training facility in uh, near Escanaba, Michigan, in Gladstone. Um, so part of your time would be spent at the training center, picking up the necessary skills to make you valuable on the job site. Um, our other apprenticeship, our other apprenticeship would be. Um, heavy equipment technician, and that's a four-year, eight thousand-hour program. This is really both programs are an earn-to-learn, earn while you learn model. Um, yeah. We are a Depar- department of labor, St- labor registered apprenticeship program, um, which which means that. Um, that it does have some follow through, some oversight, which is a good piece to make sure that you come in and receive the training that you need to benefit the contractor that's out there, to benefit whoever you're going to work for in the field. So the technician piece, heavy equipment mechanic, a little bit longer, a little bit more intense um, is is also a great occupation. We also have a stationary um uh, apprenticeship And our stationary apprenticeships uh, run va- various lengths, but um, most of the time, 8,000 hours and four years for um, HVAC, HVAC boiler technician, taking care of building maintenance, doing those types of things. So we are pretty, we are pretty diverse in what we do, the operating engineers.
0: Yeah. Wow, it sounds like it. I just wanted to ask your opinion. What are three of the most important qualities that somebody should possess to be successful in the union?
1: So, we are talking with our contractors. And we really truly have a great partnership with our contractors because if we don't have contractors, we don't have a job. So talking to them and asking them what they would look for in a new employee, um, we've got it down pretty good. So actually, you want three? We know four key traits that that make a great apprentice in any of the in any of the trades, right? You need you need to have that work ethic, and work ethic to us is. Show up every day on time, ready to work with all your PPE, with all your gear, with your mindset of work that you want to be in this industry. Um, We also want somebody with some leadership skills. You need those leadership skills because oftentimes I might be the only operator on the job site. With a with a crew of five iron workers, for example, and I need to be able to let them know where I can set my crane up, why I can set it up, what I can lift at certain radiuses. Or if I'm digging a trench, I need to know what a safe trench looks like. Trench collapse is always in the top five fatalities in the country each year. We want to make sure that our operators and everybody that we're working with are safe on the job site. We need somebody that's safety conscious. Everything we do. Leads to safety. You'll hear safety personnel on the job site saying that they're looking for a number of zero. They want zero fatalities, zero injuries. The industry has really improved on that piece in in the time that I've been involved. Uh, you can see a lot of change on that end. Um, and basically, we we need somebody that's trainable, which goes into what I think a lot of organizations call soft skills. We call them essential skills. We really do. So coming into the apprenticeship, um, you know, bringing that skill set, the great part about it, when I say it's an earn-to-learn model, um, earn while you learn. Um, our apprenticeship, for example, with the operating engineers does not cost anything for the trainee. We're going to have sixty dollars to $80,000 invested in each apprentice, and we do that through collective bargaining. It's in the agreement that we work under, right? Our contractors pay and and every hour that our members put in goes into that fund to help train the future. So it's like it's like getting a a four-year scholarship, a full ride to college. So you come out of apprenticeship, not only are you making great money, um, which apprentices start out that 70% of pay is generally around $20 an hour. And on top of that $20 an hour, you're going to pick up things like um, healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Delta Dental, um, a pension, a defined contribution. So you're going to have a couple of annuities going for you, some vacation pay. You're actually making as much, or if not more, per hour in benefits as you go. And that's why it's so important. Leading back to your other question that you have, or are we on the same question? We might be. They have those yeah. four the four attributes that a contractor really wants, with that work ethic being being number one.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. So I guess. Um I do want to briefly talk about how that works. So the apprentices are trained at the training hall and you have contractors that are specifically working with the training center.
1: Yep. We have uh, across the state of Michigan, we have about 900 contractors that are signatory with the operating engineers. They they are our contractors and a contractor would call, um, talk to us. We have uh, three apprentice coordinators here that would dispatch the apprentices out into the field, make sure they're getting the right apprentice in the right spot, make sure that you rotate between the contractors. So when you come into our apprenticeship, you're not working for the union, you work for the contractor that you're sent out to work for. What kind of hours would you work? It really depends across the industry. We have some jobs that probably work 40 or 45 hours a week. We have some jobs that work 12 hours a day, six and seven days a week, depending on the work schedule, right? And not to scare anybody off because my first job that I was dispatched to was a steel mill for an outage. And I thought it was one of the best jobs I ever had, right? I'd go down. I'd go. And and I'm from the Genesee County area. I would drive down to my job site down river, down south of Detroit, work in the steel mill 10 or 12 hours a day. I made great money. I learned a lot off the job site and and. It was really good. I finished that job up, for example. I was laid off for a couple of weeks. I came out to the training center, did my training, and I was dispatched to another contractor that needed some work. So it's a okay. it's an endless cycle. You can you could start out doing civil work and decide that that's not the route that you wanted to go, running an excavator like I did, and wind up operating a crane. The more skills that somebody gets throughout the apprenticeship, The more valuable they're going to be to a a contractor, the the more they'll stay working. That's for sure. Um, The opportunities are out there if an individual wants them. So and that's what I find uh, thrilling about the industry. When I said every day was different to be able to go from a road job to uh, uh, working on a powerhouse. I worked on a tunnel job in Detroit that was 300 foot deep shafts and a tunnel boring machine down in the shaft, just things that you would never know about. So a lot of times for high school programs, um, when you think building trades and you think construction, you think residential, I think building a house, Right. right? So there's opportunities out there that, um, that students and candidates wouldn't even know are, are available until you research it a little bit. So that's where our website comes in um, into play, also the oe324.org. We have testimonials on there, a lot of video from apprentices on the job site, journeymen on the job site, and all the different job sites out there. So some of the more interesting projects that we have going on right now, we actually have a tunnel going on in the Detroit area that runs right next to I-75. And we have a lot of road work going on. We have the Gordie Howe International Bridge going on right now. And and hopefully a tunnel through the Straits. Uh, Well, I know we're going to have a tunnel through the Straits for Line 5 for Enbridge. So some interesting projects going on in the state of Michigan. And we want to make sure that because that infrastructure work is there, that we have trained people. Michigan residents that are doing that work, right? The nice part about construction is they're not exporting my job, right? But right. if you don't have enough trained personnel, I don't I, I want to see Michiganders do the work. I don't want to see workers imported to do our work. Um, it, it's an exciting time to be in the industry, but I probably yeah. say that all the time too, because it's just exciting. Cool.
0: Right. Right. Um, so is most of the work that um, OE324 does is there, that's in Michigan, correct? So or does it go out state?
1: So most of the work that that I've done has been in the state of Michigan and it could be anywhere in the state of Michigan. Um, apprentices will work in the state of Michigan. Right. Because that's our jurisdiction. Um, once you graduate, you become a journey person and. When you're a journey person, you can work anywhere in the in the country and Canada. We're an international local. So uh, International Union of Operating Engineers. So any of the surrounding locals or even out in California, I've had operators that go to Hawaii and do work. If they need the workers there, they put a call in and you're welcome to go there as a journey person. So one of the biggest changes about the industry to Wanda, it just brings to mind some of the ladies that we've had come through the program. So our program, our apprenticeship program is running right around 15% female. We're trying to get that percentage up to 20%. And that percentage probably from the time I joined probably went from 5%. That's probably where we were at female when I was an apprentice up to that 15%. And we know that if we're not engaging the full workforce, which means the ladies out there, we're losing 50% of the market share. And and all the trades are aware of that, but I want everybody that's listening to know that this is an obtainable trade and it doesn't matter what your status. And you know what the great, the great part about being in a union apprenticeship is the equity, right? The equality. There is no difference in pay from a man to a woman. Everybody's everybody that earns that journeyman's card and has that talent is going to get paid the correct amount.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. That's definitely awesome. Um, well, I think that we have covered quite a bit about the union. Can you go ahead and give that website again?
1: Um, operating Engineers, OE324.org.
0: All All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about the union and the opportunities that are available.
1: Thank you, Wanda.